0: Hello, my fellow Ripplers, this is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. One more show for you, those that work so hard for your money, and you're now ready for your money to start working harder for you today. You want that freedom and cash flow right now, not 30 or 40 years from now, but you want it today so that you can live the life that you love with those that you love. But most importantly, guys, it's not just about getting rich. It's about creating a rich life because as you are blessed financially, as you have greater resources and means to bless the world around you, then you can create a greater ripple effect through the lives of others. That is exactly what I'm here to do today for you guys. Thank you for tuning in, binging. And guys, I appreciate those of you that have actually been reaching out. Even some of those of you in Utah that saw us speak live. Welcome to the Money Ripples family. So excited to have you here as a part of us today. As a reminder, if you have not done so already, Hopefully, if you're watching this or listening to this on Apple Podcasts, also subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Money Ripples Podcast channel. And for those of you that are on the Money Ripples Podcast channel, if you didn't know this, we also have the Money Ripples YouTube channel, where we have a lot more videos coming out beyond just these podcasts. A lot of these I'm even starting to do, try to be more timely as well when there's uh, certain hot topics, like when I had, when the debt ceiling, when it was still for debate, I had a video come out just before they tried to come up with a deal for that. Lots of great information, lots of ways for you to build your education so that you can keep binging on beyond just the podcast, especially because I know some of you guys keep complaining that I don't produce these often enough. So your wish is my command. There's now shorter videos available on our Money Ripples channel. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow, passive income from making at least double-digit returns on your money? And get this, it's only a $1,000 or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp. does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually return double-digit returns on. That means 10% or better. It's also IRA-friendly, and you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money, too. If you want to learn more about that, go check out securedinvestmentcorp.com. That's secured, S-E-C-U-R-E-D, investmentcorp.com. Okay, guys, so I want to talk about this particular investment that has become very popular. Everybody in the media is talking about it. Everybody's been telling you to buy it. Even guys that seem like they would be against the grain or maybe new and fresh because they're part of the more of the up-and-coming generation, yet they all tell you to invest in the same place, even though it's already been this way, but it's becoming more and more risky. It's actually becoming to a point where you could lose a lot of money Putting your money in this place—is it crypto? Absolutely not. It's not crypto, although I don't recommend that either. But this place very possibly have money in. It. In fact, it's considered to be smart to put your money in this place by many out there as so-called experts today. And what is that? That is the S and P five hundred ETF or exchange traded fund, or as many people call the ticker SPY or the Spider. Right. This is the fund that that many people will tell you just to put your money in this. Lower cost. you'll hear people all the time say, even like Ramit Sethi, right? You'll say it's low cost and it gets better returns than most mutual funds. That is true. It's already been proven, again and again, that 90% of mutual funds don't even do as well as the S&P 500. However, that being said, the S&P 500 still has mediocre returns. As you've heard me say on this podcast before, I just a few weeks ago updated my numbers and the S&P 500 30-year actual yield was 7.65% not 10, not 12, 7.65, drastically less what everybody's telling you. And just think about it. If you have mutual funds outside the S&P 500, that means long-term you're probably going to do worse than 7.65%, and even more so, especially if you factor in fees that aren't even considered as part of that rate of return. So when those fees come out, your return's even lower than what they report. But the reason that this has become risky, if you understand with the S&P 500 how it's really calculated and how it's done, because you might just see those numbers. It might just seem like a bunch of random numbers. And for most of America, they have no clue what this is. But they talk about the S&P 500 being the 500 top companies, right? And of course, as companies grow and shrink or grow in size compared to others, some are taken out, some are put it back in. But what many people don't realize is that the S&P 500 has a weighted average. What does that mean? That means that the biggest companies have the biggest percentage of the S&P. So if the S&P 500 goes up, it may not be because the overall stock market, all 500 stocks are going up. It's because the biggest companies might have gone up that day or that year for that matter. This is why many people lost decent amount of money in the S&P 500 last year. It was about a 20% loss. So what does that really mean? Understand that if you've ever heard this before, they talk about the Fang stops, right? Like F-A-A-N-G. Now, they take out the M, which stands for Microsoft, because it's not a cool company. But really, when you talk about these top stocks, this is usually involved in this as well. Now, just so you get an idea of this, the top companies are this. So part of the A, right, is Apple. Apple is the top-weighted stock in the SP 500. Did you know it's over 7% of the SP and p 500? So that means if Apple ever tanks, even if the rest of the stock market's fine, it's possible that your S&P 500 index that you're investing in could still go down, even though other stocks are flat or going up. That could actually by itself influence the s&p 500. The next biggest one is Microsoft. In fact, between the two of them, Apple and Microsoft actually just under 14%. That means one seventh of the s&p 500 is just Apple and Microsoft. Those two companies together. That's it. One seventh of the SP 500 index price are just those two stocks. Now you remember, you think you might be diversified in the SP 500. You're not. In order again, we got Amazon. That's about 2.68 percent. So it gets drastic a little bit less over here. Nvidia. That one's two basically two percent. Actually, Alphabet, which is also known as Google, between their two shares, it's about three and a half percent between those two. We also have Facebook, which is over one and a half percent. If you actually tally just those companies together, really the let's see Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Nvidia. And Google and then Facebook, just those six stocks alone, you're getting about one quarter, about one quarter of the SP 500 is just manipulated by those six companies. Now, of course, are the other companies involved? Yes. But this is why that when you see tech stocks get hammered, the SP 500 goes down more than some of the other indices that actually aren't weighted towards bigger companies. They're just spread evenly among all the companies. You also have the NASDAQ, which is very tech heavy. This is why the S&P 500 now year to date after the recovery from the stocks coming back, that's why it's done almost 10% as of the beginning of the year to the beginning of June. The NASDAQ has done about 25% year to date, but that's also because it got hammered quite a bit last year as well, like the S&P 500 did. So tech stocks have really been driving this force. This means you're not really diversified as you might think. Now the most diversified, I'll go ahead and share my screen here so you can see, just kind of see how this looks. All right, so I'm looking at the NASDAQ right now. You can see year to date. That's just the daily total you see here. But like I said, it's about 25%. Now, understand that when we're looking at this, and I wish I could see this for my app. It makes it a little bit easier to see this in general. But we can see right now, it was just over 10,000 in January. It's now up to about 13,100. Like I said, this is about 25% year to date. Now, if I go back and start looking at these other ones, not just the SP because that one's very similar, but let's look at the Russell 2000. So the Russell 2000 is actually a much more diverse type of thing here. Uh, you're welcome for the swimsuit edition on that screen there. I don't know what that is. Well, actually, I went to buy my watch band on that website. And so they were advertising their stupid swimsuits or whatever other apparel they have. Okay, so anyways, we're going back to the beginning of 2023. We'll see it was about 1750, right? As of January 3rd. Right now, 1767. Notice it's pretty much flat. So stocks overall for the first part of this year have been flat. So although you might have noticed SP 500 saying, whoa, I've made 10% almost. This is great. That's an awesome year today. That's great for five months, really. Well, in truth, guys, the stock market has been flat overall. It's only been the tech stocks that have been skewing these numbers S&P. Now, you might think, oh, I'm lucky. Well, you're lucky in this case, but what happens when stocks, which are already massively overvalued, and a lot of it's been this whole AI talk going on that people are really just creating another bubble in this. What happens when that crashes? What happens to your precious S&P 500 index at that time? You lose more than what the stock market's losing. So it might be that stock market could be going slightly up or flat, but because those tech stocks are getting hurt, if you're trying to invest in the spider or the QQQ, which is the NASDAQ, you try to invest in those places, you're getting hurt much worse because they're not really diversified, meaning you are taking a lot more risk. And by the way, even if you have a mutual fund, even if you're in the Russell 2000, you're still not diversified because you're still in equities. You're still in paper assets. It's still in one type of, even though you're among multiple industries, you're still in one type of asset class. This is why we talk about diversifying among multiple asset classes, not just one, because you don't want to be caught up You don't want to be the person caught saying, oh, well, I thought if I just buy stocks and bonds, I'll be fine, right? Ramit Sethi says, hey, I just do 70% stocks, equities and 30% bonds. Well, that's a nice, boring portfolio. And that's great if you're making a lot of money in your business to make up for those potential losses and those mediocre returns over the long haul. This is the problem when you have experts out here talking about stuff. This is even with Dave Ramsey, right? Like again, this guy has a good heart. He does good work, especially for those people trying to get started in life, right? Financially, he can give a lot of good guidance. But the problem is when he starts talking about investing, he doesn't even tell you to do the things that he's done, right? He invests first and foremost in his business. Then it was real estate. He has over $700 million real estate portfolio. And then he has some stocks. The stocks for him is play money, but he's telling you, the listener or the watcher, the viewer, he's telling you guys to just invest in those things that didn't even work for him in the first place, right? It wasn't the thing that got him Wealthy. It didn't get him financially free. He's telling you to do the things that really everybody else is trying to sell you, which is a bill of goods, a bunch of crap, because these financial institutions who give all the financial education out there today, like the Merrill Lynch's and the Goldman Sachs and the Fidelities and everybody else, they're the ones putting out all of this education information so that you buy it hook, line and sinker. Yet you're the one that still suffers when the market goes down. They get paid regardless. They get paid because you keep your money with them. In fact, they're going to tell you don't sell when the market goes down. Why? Because they want to keep getting paid when the market goes down, even though you should fire their butts and get rid of them. But you don't, do you? Because you're told that you're in it for the long haul, right? And high risk creates high returns. And this is just part of the game. Just ride those waves. Over time, you'll make more money. And that's a half truth. Yeah, you'll make time. Over time, you'll make more money. But are you barely keeping up with inflation over that period of time because there's such mediocre returns? Heck, maybe you beat it. Maybe you don't beat inflation, depending on which time period you're looking at. Understand the problem here. And so the number one investment, the one that everybody says is wise to do is the one that I'm looking at saying, holy cow, I wouldn't even trust my own money in that place. Maybe play money, but even right now, the market's so overvalued. Even other stock investors, right? It, other than them are looking at this saying, this market is so overdue to go down right now. It's ridiculous because all the money that got pumped in during COVID. Guys, it created a massive bubble. And yet you think this might be the safe place to be. Even worse, if you're actually holding just Apple stock or Google stock or Facebook meta stock, if you're just holding those stocks, you're just gambling. And you might say, well, yeah, but it's coming back. It's going up. I want to get my money back from what it was in 2021. Well, great. Well, what if it doesn't get up there? What if it starts going down again? Well, Chris, I don't want to lose money. So I'm just going to hang on to it a little bit longer. This is the trap that everybody gets stuck in. Everybody, I know, because when I coach people on stocks and options and how to trade those things, that's exactly what they got stuck on. And that's why they needed trading rules to keep them from making these dumb emotional mistakes that cost them the most money and set them back years, if not decades, to be able to create that financial freedom. Do not get caught in that trap. Do not believe for one second that you are diversified if you're in the S&P 500 or any kind of thing like that. You are not, almost everything by the way, it's very tech-heavy. If you look at the whole tech industry, it's more than a third of the S&P 500 portfolio. So even if it's just the tech industry by itself, you lose money. And as I mentioned, just those six companies make up about a quarter of the S&P 500. Very, very big risk. That's a big gamble that I wouldn't be comfortable doing. I'm not saying you should sell off anything. I'm not giving investment advice here. I'm just saying, what are you thinking? If you actually believe that this is actually the best investment available just so you know, I love buying real assets that I can actually control. I like buying assets that can create cash flow for me and not just go up and down based on the whim of whatever they want it to be, right? I don't want to have a weighted average. That's gambling with my money. No, I want to diversify. I can even diversify among real estate in different types of classes of real estate within real estate and still have paper assets, like what financial advisor might offer. That's why I have my life insurance, things like that with a cash value, where I know it's guaranteed it can grow, has some certainty in addition to my real estate investment, in addition to my oil and gas investments and things like that. Even with the gold and silver that I hold, even though it's a small, tiny percentage, I still have that to protect my money. Again, you do whatever you want to do, but I'm just saying, don't get caught in this trap. Do not believe for one second, just because everybody tells you to do it, that this is the right move. Because it will be coming out in the news sooner or later, people say, oh, that wasn't the best move, right? Things change all the time in the financial industry that keep trying to come back to agreeing with what I've said for years, right? It just keeps happening again and again, just like the 4% rule that's been debunked so many years ago, but you still hear popular people out there say 4% rule, 4% rule. Hey, newsflash, 4% rule is dead and has been dead. Wake up to the 21st century, because it was at the beginning of the 21st century, we started questioning the 4% rule. And now they're saying maybe a 3% rule is best. And who's to say in the future, they might even change that to make it a 2% rule, which I've actually said to you guys, if you're younger, trying to retire younger, 2% is the rule you're trying to do. If you have retirement accounts, mutual funds, you're trying to live off of longer term, but you shouldn't be living off. If you do the traditional retirement planning that they tell you to do, you save a million bucks you shouldn't be pulling out more than 3% so you don't run out of money with inflation and lower rates and returns that you're getting in the markets it's miserable guys so anyways i'm not going to beat this dead horse anymore uh, i just want to be able to put this word of warning out there to let you know you've been warned okay you've been warned sp500 is not all that in a bag of chips it is not the best thing since sliced bread if anything it's a very weighted tech heavy slice of bread i just made up that weird analogy, which is not even that good of an analogy in the first place. Why is it sliced bread? I don't know. Anyways, guys, the the fact is you do what you feel is best for your situation. But remember, we're here to support you. This is why I'm doing this is that I want you guys to be empowered and educated so you can make the right decisions for yourself. Go and make it a wonderful and prosperous week. and We'll see you later.